Hello and welcome to the MJ Take Podcast presented by Sports Fan Entertainment. We are back, baby. We are back like cooked crack. We are back like seltzers. We are back like spikes in coronavirus. We're back, baby. And what a beautiful time to come back. NFL Week 1. Again, people, this podcast is available on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Apple Podcasts, and also on YouTube, of course, where we have the 15,000 subscribers. All of you who I love so dearly, all so near and dear to my heart. The way this podcast is going to work moving forward, I will be posting this podcast every Monday or Tuesday at least. For the foreseeable future, definitely throughout the NFL season and the postseason. And then we'll adjust the schedule afterwards, maybe a little bit if necessary. But if this really catches on and I enjoy the rhythm, we'll stick with it. We'll stay with it because it is absolutely something that I do enjoy doing. And I think now I have a perfect formula to have success there. So what are we going to talk about today? What is on the docket today? What is in the schedule today? Well... We're going to have a new segment on this channel where I recap the previous week's games. And by the way, this is Monday. So we just have two more games, actually. Two more NFL games, one of which involves the Tennessee Titans. Now, you guys know I will recap the Tennessee Titans game later tonight, so that's not a problem. The Steelers and Giants game, if you really want to know my thoughts on that, I'll touch on it a little bit in my picks video either Wednesday or Thursday. So sorry, Steelers and Giants fans, you kind of miss out on that. But I'm going to recap the games, and this is the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to go get Game by game in this segment, we're going to call Keeping It 100, okay? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to recap each game in 100 seconds or less. So it's going to be a good amount of information, not too much, equal amount per team, per game, pretty much. And I think everyone will be happy with that. And with that said, we're about to get into that. But just overall, how beautiful was it to return to NFL football? And I know a lot of people, probably none of you, because like me, you're, you know, an average sports fan, you're an avid NFL fan. But a lot of people, you know, said the NFL shouldn't come back, that it's not safe, and I saw mixed feelings on whether or not fans should be in the crowd. I know that they're going to do like 20% capacity for a lot of stadiums. I know that's what the Chiefs did. But, you know, even looking at the Chiefs game on Thursday night, I don't know. There's a lot of people in one stadium, man. 20,000 people in one stadium, I think that's, you know, a little bit much right now. But that's just me. But, you know, without any fans, and if they're able to keep the locker room clean and contained and the players are able to follow the rules, I was absolutely okay having the NFL come back. And it was a little bizarre, a little eerie, as is this entire year, really, and a little dystopian to see no fans in the crowd. But in terms of the actual play on the field, people, this was enjoyable stuff. This was good stuff. And we had fears that without a preseason, that things were going to be really awkward. There was going to be a lot of injuries, a lot of mistakes. And, you know, you definitely got a separation of teams that you could tell had been well-prepared, well-prepped. But I think that this kind of showed that, yeah, we don't need four preseason games. We need two max, and they're going to move to that format and probably adding in two regular season games to make an 18-game regular season as soon as next season. I think there's no way we're going back to a four-game preseason. I, I just don't see it. Maybe they have to wait until the CBA, you know, expires, and then they have to redo it. So I don't know what year that is. But, you know, as soon as they can change it, they will change it because I thought we were getting high-level play. Now, it wasn't, you know, the normal week one level play, but it was damn near close to it. Like, it was as good 
as week three of the preseason normally is, maybe even a little better than that. And I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a lot of mistakes, and there certainly was. But you look at the box scores, you look at the stats, you look at everything, it looked like a normal NFL week. I would have loved to have seen maybe a, a couple more closer contests. But overall, man, I thought we had a good week one. It was great to return to football. And with that said, let's go ahead and start with my Keeping It 100 series. Someone hit my music for this, and then let's go ahead and get started. All right, so with that said, this is the Keeping It 100 segment on Sports Fan Entertainment, where I recap each and every game in 100 seconds or less. I don't have the clock on the screen yet. I hope to add it soon, but we will begin with the Houston Texans versus the Kansas City Chiefs, the game that kicked us off last Thursday. Now, this was an absolutely boring game, if you ask me, but it was interesting to watch in a number of ways. We saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire absolutely killing it for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was an absolute beast, and you already are afraid of this man. How could you not already be afraid of Clyde Edwards-Alaire and this Kansas City Chiefs offense? He's already adding a dynamic to their offense. I mean, this guy's gonna rush for over 1,200 yards, and it makes sense, right? Because when you have Patrick Mahomes on your football team, okay, I mean, you have to dedicate resources, the opposing team does, in order to stop him. It opens things up for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, so he's fantastic. The Chiefs defense was also making some plays, and that's all they need to do, just make the occasional play here, make the occasional play there, and, you know, they will be a great team, and they're gonna continue to be a great team. Now, I'm not gonna, you know, continue to call them a dynasty like some people are doing. No, they have to win again, and Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the last decade to me, yes, better than Drew Brees. Never went to another Super Bowl. So I'm not gonna crown Patrick Mahomes yet, but boy, the Chiefs look really strong. As for the Houston Texans, idiots, okay? These people are absolutely moronic. I mean, these people have no idea what they're doing. Bill O'Brien, I mean, trading DeAndre Hopkins, you're already saying that Brandon Cooks, you can't rely on Brandon Cooks. What are you doing there? I have no faith in the Texans moving forward. I don't know what their plan is moving forward. They're gonna continue to be a wild card-ish team. And David Johnson did look decent. But man, I mean, they're so unreliable when it comes to their wide receivers right now. You just really have to wonder, what were they thinking trading away DeAndre Hopkins? Because now Deshaun Watson does not have that safety blanket he needs so much. Keeping it 100. Moving on to the next team we have, or next game, we have the Seattle Seahawks versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Seahawks got it done 38-25. to and boy, did that man Russell Wilson look good. I mean, that man Russell Wilson was slinging that rock dog. He looks like a legitimate MVP candidate. And this is why I had the Seattle Seahawks going to the Super Bowl this year. Okay, and I said if they actually get there, okay, because although I do have it, you know, the NFC is an absolute mess every single year. It's hard to actually see whether or not they're going to get there. But if they get there, I'm going to have the Seahawks winning it. I'm going to have Russ Wilson getting his second ring, the second ring that he deserved to get all those years ago if the Seahawks would actually run the football. And it's just so incredible to see this team that had Marshawn Lynch and just ran on the legs of Marshawn Lynch, now completely in the arm of Russ Wilson, and he's leading them to the promised land, man. Because DK Metcalf is an absolute beast in terms of his physique. He's still not a great route runner, but man, Russ Wilson makes absolute magic. See that touchdown throw to DK Metcalf on the west sideline? Oh my goodness, he just absolutely handed it to him. Beautiful play by Russ Wilson. I mean, to me, he's the entire takeaway of the game. But you look at the Atlanta Falcons, 
Same old Atlanta Falcons, just not good enough. And your secondary now is even worse. Like, AJ Terrell is going to have to progress. Obviously, he's a rookie, but you're just a middling team at this point. I mean, I just, I'm not buying into the Falcons. And Todd Gurley looked okay, but he definitely has lost a step to me at this point. I'm just not interested in the Falcons this year. I'm just kind of over it. So moving on to the next game, keeping it 100. We have the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills, and the Jets are the same old Jets. I mean, it was disgusting for me because I had Le'Veon Bell on one of my fantasy teams I'm not gonna lie to you and just sitting there and looking at him not doing anything for pretty much the entire first half and then getting a hamstring and now it's out for a couple weeks I mean you could have copied and pasted this game from last season nothing changed about the New York Jets I mean you know Jamal Adams is gone you know this player is there that player is now here but they look like the same Jets to me I mean what are you talking about this team is lost Adam, under Adam Gates right now Sam Darnold's development it's coming along a little bit, but it's not as, as, as progressing as it should be at this point, not as fastly progressing as we like to see at this point. So if I'm a Jets fan, I'm just incredibly frustrated. They're looking like one of the worst teams in the league, but they will have their moments. So don't worry. I still have them as a six-win team. They will have their moments, but it's just frustrating if you're a Jets fan and if you have Le'Veon Bell on your fantasy team. For the Buffalo Bills, they looked really strong. And as we look for that third team in the AFC, you know, I want to believe it's the Tennessee Titans, but it could easily be the Buffalo Bills. And right now I have the Bills and Titans three and four respectively. Right now the Titans are three to me. But the Bills, you know, looking in your vision right now, we're gonna get to the Patriots in a second. Okay, they may not be going anywhere. You're going to have to have strong performances and that a strong performance in this one. Josh Allen looks good mostly. He had the horrible miss in the end zone, I'm sure you saw, but he looks good. And Stephon Diggs looked really good in a Bills uniform. Moving on to the next game. We had the Las Vegas Raiders add to the Carolina Panthers. Raiders came down with this one, 34 to 30. And I gotta tell you, man, Derek Carr looks good. I mean, he looks good, he looks accurate, he looks crisp, and right now, Marcus Mariota, my boy, he's currently on the IR. He's There's no chance he's gonna start this year as long as Derek Carr is healthy. That man was slinging the rock. They're running the ball, I think a little bit too much with Josh Jacobs, but it's their formula, and they put up 34 points, and Josh Jacobs had three touchdowns, so I guess it's working for them. So I can't complain too much. And also, you look at their wide receiver situation. I mean, Henry Ruggs needs to develop, but he came down with, I want to say, 55 yards and like 11 yards rushing. I think they ran like an end around or something, but he looked decent as well. Uh, I'm interested in the Raiders this year. I feel like they're going to collapse, but I think they're going to be in the AFC wildcard race throughout the entire season and maybe even have some nice strong upsets this year. As for the Carolina Panthers, they impressed me a little bit because I'm low on the Panthers this year. I have them 5-11. and 11. I don't have much faith in them. But they look decent. Matt Rule, the decision, though, to go for the fullback instead of Christian McCaffrey on the, at the end of the game on fourth down, a decision we all disagree with. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be defending him there. The one thing I will say, though, remember the Panthers lost last season when they gave it to Christian McCaffrey. So these people just don't know what they're doing when it comes to late-game situations, which must be frustrating if you're a Carolina Panthers fan. You know, I'm still going to stick with my Panthers prediction overall. Bridgewater looked like Bridgewater to me. Not that inspiring, but McCaffrey still looks great. He's going to take them a long way, or at least a decent way. All right, so we have the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. And keeping it 100, man, the Lions still stink. I might fire Matt Patricia today, honestly. And here's the thing about Matt Stafford, okay? People wanted to defend Matt Stafford, and I will defend Matt Stafford to a certain extent. But my problem overall with Stafford is he makes those critical mistakes. Look at the interception in the fourth quarter to set up Mitchell Trubisky to get the game-winning touchdown. You can't do that. I'm tired of the same story when it came to the Detroit Lions. And I never understood why they got rid 
of uh, old boy Jim Caldwell. They went nine and seven one year, made the playoffs. No, first they went eleven and five. Then they missed the playoffs. Then they went nine and seven and made the playoffs again. I think they lost to the Seahawks that year. And then they just decide, okay, well, we're just going to fire you. Like, we didn't want to go 9-7. and seven. Like, I'm like, where did you expect to go? So I don't understand the Lions right now. That They're rushing Adrian Peterson. He looked good. But they're rushing Adrian Peterson. You have two second-round picks, DeAndre Swift to carry on Johnson. The Lions are lost. Okay, the Chicago Bears, look, I, I think the Bears aren't very good this season because Mitchell Trubisky is still at the helm. But, look, I, maybe he's going to get some confidence from this win. It was a nice comeback win. But you got to admit, you guys look bad for the first half of this game, and that is not impressive moving forward. Moving on to the next game, we have the Indianapolis Colts losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville 27-20. Wow. Now, here's the thing about the Jaguars. So we all assume that they're tanking, and they are, okay? Like, some people are like, no, we're not taking. No, you're taking. Like, look at your roster. It's bad. But here's the thing. Despite them, you know, having a poor roster, a tanking roster, the players are still going to show up. And my thing is, I like Gardner Minshew. Like, this guy can play. This guy can absolutely play. He was making plays, doing decent things for the Jaguars. The Jaguars are truly a five or six win team. The question is, you know, will they put in that effort throughout the season? But it's a good start for them. But it's great news for my Tennessee Titans as the Colts lose this game. And this is a game that you cannot have, uh, cannot be losing this during the season. I was in Jacksonville, granted, I'll grant you that, but an AFC South battle here, Phillip Rivers still making those critical interceptions. His arm looked fine, but now Marlon Mack is out for the season, and it's not a big deal because you guys have Jonathan Taylor waiting in the wings, but it's definitely unfortunate. If you're a Colts fan, it's definitely frustrating at this point, but it's nothing to get too worked up about yet. But next week, I believe you guys go and face the, uh, I can't remember who you guys face next week. We're going to get to the schedule, week two schedule in a moment. But it's definitely going to be a critical matchup for the Colts moving forward. Cannot afford to go 0-2 in this division right now. The Tennessee Titans waiting for you. All right, we move on to the next game. We have the Green Bay Packers against the Minnesota Vikings. And I tried to warn you all, the Minnesota Vikings are not going to have a strong season. Now, I still like them offensively for the most part, okay? Uh, Johnson, Olabisi, or Olabisi. B.C. Johnson. He looks like a decent, you know, number two wide receiver. But is he a number two wide receiver? No. Okay, Adam Thielen is out there still doing his thing. Dalvin Cook doing his thing. He's not injured yet, although you know it's coming. But the defense, the secondary, too many losses in the secondary right now. Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, losing those two men was so critical. People slept on this, and I know they traded for Yannick Ngakwe, but Ngakwe's always been inconsistent. Even Jaguar fans will tell you, yes, he can get that sack count up, but play to play, he's inconsistent. He makes mistakes. I think this is the last year for Mike Zimmer, and I think you already started, started to see signs in that. And the flip side, you look at the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I don't know why people are still sleeping on Aaron Rodgers again. This is the best quarterback in the previous decade to me, period. Yes, better than Drew Brees. Yes, better than Drew Brees. And this man... You want to draft Jordan Love and motivate this man? Okay, go ahead. Because Aaron Rodgers, that bad man, is coming for you. And that's what he showed. And that's what he displayed. What a masterful performance from Aaron Rodgers. The best quarterback performance of the week. I love watching it. I love seeing it. And Devontae Adams. Oh, man. We need to put some respect on his name. He's solidifying himself as a top five wide receiver. And it is a crowded list right now. But he is making a good argument right now. And I have him over Adam Thielen, who was in this game. All right, moving on to the next game as we keep it 100. We have the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. That boy, Cam Newton. Okay, so he looked good. Legitimately. 
I already see some people saying, well, you know, he was running the ball a lot, and he certainly was, but he only had one inaccurate pass. Go watch the tape. Now, the one thing I will say, he didn't have any deep passes. It was intermediate, short, 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 intermediate. Okay, it looked like a West Coast offense that you'd play in Madden, right? It didn't look that significant, but they put up, they did their formula, right? They did exactly what they wanted to do, and they rushed Cam, and they rushed Cam, and this is what they're going to do. And ultimately, you're going to look at this Patriots team, and I have them 7-9, and nine, and I think I'm going to stick with that. I mean, I have to stick with that for right now. But they're still pretty strong because, man, that secondary in New England, it is so vicious. And Ryan Fitzpatrick stinks, so it's not, you know, a huge thing to give Ryan Fitzpatrick funds, but they couldn't move the ball. I mean, just trying to throw against his Patriots secondary, it's good luck. It's good night. Man, so this Patriots formula this is going to continue to be dangerous, man. I, I, I think I slept on them a little bit. Cam Newton is definitely a weapon for the Patriots. And I told you, it's like having, it's like when they had... Uh, Jacoby Brissett, but on steroids in Cam Newton. And they won that game with Jacoby Brissett 27-0. Remember that against the Houston Texans that Thursday night? It's very similar to that. Uh, for the Miami Dolphins, I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Until Tua Tungabailoa comes, I, I don't care. Wake me up. I'm sorry. Dolphins, I'm sorry. Wake me up when Tua Tungabailoa comes. Until then, I don't care about the Miami Dolphins, point blank, period. Okay? That's just it. All right, moving on to the next game. We have the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. Man, these Ravens. And this is why I have the Ravens winning the Super Bowl right now. What a talented team. Lamar Jackson continues to improve as a thrower in this league. And they continue to give him great protection in order for him to continue to improve as a thrower in this league. And Marquise Hollywood Brown. He's the only wide receiver worth a damn on the team, okay? But boy, is he worth a damn on that team. They are so dynamic offensively. It is incredible. With that defense, too, ooh. Man, I can't wait till we get this Ravens and Chiefs matchup, man. Because until then, both of these teams are just going to run through everybody, to be honest with you. As for the Cleveland Browns. Okay, now here's the thing. Baker was bad. He wasn't completely awful. I think he's being trashed a lot. People just looked at the stat line. He definitely had his moments. But at this point, man, I mean, I think he's just... I think he's in his own head too much. I think he's trying to live up to the hype that the Browns media and Browns fans, you know, thrust it upon him. He has this, you know, me against the world mentality, short man mentality, and it's just not working out. The chemistry's still not there with this team. You know, I still have them 9-7 making the playoffs, but, man, they need to figure it out in Cleveland because it did not look good. It looked problematic, continuing to have the same issues in Cleveland. And I'm tired of looking at it, and I'm tired of talking about it. Moving on to the next game as we keep it 100. We have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. And how about the Washington football team? Okay, first of all, the name is still stupid. Okay, it's the best they could do, but it's still stupid. But I liked the color scheme. If you were watching the game, whenever they scored a touchdown, they had a little Washington football team logo. I liked the color scheme. There's hope here for the football team. But Ron Rivera, what an impact he's already having in Washington. Completely transforming the effort defensively. They had, I think, eight sacks against the Philadelphia Eagles, who have a good offensive line. Now their offensive line is in flux right now because of the injury to Brandon Brooks and then Jason Peters coming in and playing a different position and then changing positions again and all that. So, but still, Chase Young was coming at him with the one and a half sacks in his debut. They were throwing all kinds of people, bad Ionitis, throwing all kinds of people at Carson Wentz, giving him problems. How about that football team in Washington? Now, for the Philadelphia Eagles, 
Oh boy. Okay, same issues. Miles Sanders was hurt. Jalen Rager didn't do anything. They didn't get the ball enough to Deshaun Jackson. It looked bad. It was really bad offensively. This is a bad loss. You cannot afford to lose week one to the Washington football team. You just can't afford it. I still like them moving forward because they have Doug Peterson at the helm. He's going to rally the troops just as they did last season. But they look no better than last season right now, the Philadelphia Eagles. And that is a very, very unfortunate thing if you're an Eagles fan. We move on to the next game as we keep it 100. We have the Los Angeles Chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, more like Joe Checkdown. And I'm not going to completely blame him for this. I, I think Zach Taylor, the head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, is awful. I think he's one of the worst head coaches in the league. I think this is absolutely going to be his last season. I expect him to be fired midseason. This offense blows. And I know it's most, mostly due to the offensive line. Because they had the wide receiver talent. A.J. Green looked good. He should have the game-winning touchdown. You know, but they called, and I think appropriately they called an offensive pass interference on him at the end of the game. But... Uh, it, it was very touching go that one though. But you know, the offense, there's just nothing going on in this offense. And they have talent, but it's just it's just not working. I mean, get get come on, get get Zach Taylor out of there. It's bad. But Joe Burrow looked decent. Not great. You know, I, I wanted to see him taking more risks. I wanted to see him throwing deep to AJ uh, AJ Green, but they were just checking down all day, all all game long. It was so boring. I had to switch away from the game until the end of it. And then Reggie Bullock. Okay, Reggie Bullock. I don't know what he pulled. I don't know what he pulled. His hamstring, his calf. I think it was his calf, but missing a 31-yard field goal. I mean, this, what a choke job this was. Someone do the Heimlich maneuver on this man because he's obviously choking. It was incredible. For the LA Chargers, eh. I mean, I don't really care about the Chargers this year. Am I alone on that? Until Justin Herbert comes in, then you can wake me up. This was not impressive for you to barely beat the Cincinnati Bengals at all, but at least Joey Bosa still looks good, so I'll give you guys that. And that's about it. Okay, moving on to the next game. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints. This was the marquee matchup, and it was great for the first half, at least like even well into the third, and then it fell flat, as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fell flat. Now, and I might, oh, I want to do more than 100 seconds on this one, but I'll stick to the format. When it comes to Tampa Bay, do not sleep on Tampa Bay. They have issues to work on offensively in terms of their chemistry. You can tell the offensive line is not nearly, okay, in sync. It, it, like the Patriots offensive line that Tom Brady's had to deal with for years. But Tom Brady's actual play, I don't want to hear that he's fallen off. I don't want to hear that. He had a couple inaccurate passes, but I thought he was crisp. He threw the deep ball well. Like he hit Mike Evans for a deep ball that was called pass interference. It wasn't caught, but it was pass interference. One to Scotty Miller, who's his new white, you know, favorite little white wide receiver that's going to come out of nowhere and become a household name. You know Tom Brady has to have that. Gronk looked old and slow. I don't know. I think he's done. I, I, I think he's just out of shape or something. He looks slow to me. OJ Howard looked decent. They have to figure out the chemistry issues because the wide receivers in the offensive line, honestly, they're all idiots. Like, they don't know how to play. They need to be taught how to play because they've been playing with Jameis Winston and the horrible coaches before Bruce Arians got in. Tom Brady's going to literally have to teach these people how to play. But I think that he will, and I'm not going to overreact to this one. For the Saints, though, don't they look like a defensive football team? I mean, Drew Brees. Drew Brees was the washed-up quarterback in this matchup. He did not throw the ball deep at all. There was at one point he had 13 completions for 94 yards. Check down, check down. And it's going to work because their defense is great and their offensive line is great and Alvin Kamara is great. 
But Drew Brees is about done, people. That's a quarterback that's done. I don't know why people were taking away from this game that Tom Brady's the done quarterback of these two. Went a little over 100 seconds there. Okay, moving on to the next game, we have the Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. And look, a lot of people are telling me you need to have more faith in the Cardinals. You need to have more faith in Kyler Murray. Well, this is a matchup that makes me want to do that. Okay, this is a matchup that makes me want to have faith in that. That, that makes me want to have faith in them. Makes me want to believe in them. Upsetting the San Francisco 49ers on the road with a beautiful rushing touchdown by Kyler Murray. A great play there. Great plays defensively. Uh, how about, uh, I want to say what's his name, Murphy, the cornerback, Byron Murphy. How about the play uh, from him late in the game, young ascending quarterback in this league, Buda Baker doing his thing. It's a young defense. It's a hungry defense. The offense continues to improve. Yes, the Cardinals have my attention, and I picked the Eagles over the Cardinals for the wild card spot. I'm regretting that now because the Cardinals looked good. As for the San Francisco 49ers, the 49ers looked, you know, you can see glimpses of the old 49ers there, but definitely inconsistent, definitely not the level of play we were accustomed to seeing from the 49ers uh, last season. Garoppolo made mistakes, and this is why I still don't have Garoppolo even close to my top 10. He's barely in my top 20 when it comes to quarterbacks. Garoppolo was way too prone to throw either interceptions or just interceptable passes in general. The run game, he'll go as far as the run game takes him. I'll tell you that right, he'll go as far as the run game takes him. Now, I will defend him on this though. Brandon Ayuk was out and Debo Samuel was out. So you had, you know, a much worse wide receiver core. Okay, I'll grant that. But still seeing issues from Jimmy Garoppolo that concern me, the 49ers are gonna have to wake up sooner rather than later. Moving on to the next game. We have the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, and this is the last game. Okay, good. The Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams and the Cowboys. I mean, this, is, this, this team is so disappointing. I mean, week in, week out, year in, year out. Now, look, the Rams, and I'll tell you this, Sean McVay definitely had them ready to go. He had them well prepared, and I absolutely respect that. And, I mean, and Aaron Donald's an absolute beast. And, I mean, they, you can see that the issues that were giving the Cowboys offensive line was just struggling now that Travis Frederick isn't there anymore. The center position was an absolute disaster. Aaron Donald was just throwing guys around. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. But the Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb is there now. Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott wants a new contract, and Dak Prescott is good. They have way too much talent to be just showing up flat like that. No crowd in L.A., it was quiet. I, I don't know what's wrong with this team. And now Leighton Vander Ash is injured. I mean, I just don't get it. But for the Rams, they looked pretty decent. Just well coached, well ran. I, I wasn't very impressed with Jared Goff in his play. I thought he should have got Cooper Cup way more involved. But I'll say this, Malcolm Brown was looking decent. Cam Akers, not so much. I don't have much faith in the Rams this year. I, I think they're right there with the Falcons, you know, middling team, and really below average, I think, honestly. Like seven and nine-ish, the Panthers will be there too. But the one thing I give them, they still have Sean McVay at the helm. And having Sean McVay at the helm is definitely going to help you win more games than the average team. So they still probably might end up being a nine-win team. But I just, I wasn't too impressed with the win. I was just, I was more impressed with how well coached they were, how well prepared they were than the actual force in which they beat the Cowboys. Because they're just kind of being like, oh, they won. Okay, interesting. And then at the end of the game, though, yes, uh, the Cowboys kind of got screwed on the uh, pass interference that wasn't called here. But at that point, the game was lost. I don't want to hear excuses. At that point, the game was lost. So with that said, that does it. For this segment, keep it at 100 where I recap the NFL games.
So we move on from that, and let's talk about the injury report. So yes, there are some injuries from NFL Week 1 that we need to discuss. Let us discuss them now. Where is this card? Okay, there it is. So, firstly, Marlon Mack. Okay, Marlon Mack is out uh, for the entire season. He has an Achilles injury. Is this a big loss for the Indianapolis Colts? No, and I indicated this earlier. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, we expect him to, to, and I didn't see much of him yesterday, but we expect him to be a good running back in this league. But the, the overall, I mean, the problem with the Colts right now is the quarterback position, if anything. You know, but that's another story for another day. But Marlon Mack, he will be out for the season to just your fantasy lineups. My boy Le'Veon Bell, who, I mean, I still can't believe the fall of Le'Veon Bell in this league. Le'Veon Bell is going to miss a couple of weeks. Fantastic. He was only my running back three anyway. I'm fine. But it's frustrating. And it's frustrating for the Jets, who paid this guy so much money. It's not too much, but I want to say it's like $12 million a year. But still, that's too much money to come in and do diddly squat. I mean, this guy's doing diddly squat, less than four yards of carry. This guy's doing nothing. And I know the Jets offensive line stinks, and I know that's a large reason why. But Le'Veon Bell's doing a whole lot of nothing in New York, and I'm getting sick of it. Uh, Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, he suffered a high ankle sprain. Probably going to be questionable for next week. I'm not sure the severity of the sprain. I might adjust your fantasy lineups. At the very least, be watching this throughout the entire week. It's definitely a situation to monitor because those high ankle sprays will definitely keep players out for a game or two. And then Cowboys tight end Blake Jarwin, he's also out for the season. He tore his ACL. And Cowboys linebacker Leighton Vander Esch is out for 68 weeks. So, you know, Blake Jarwin, I was never a huge Blake Jarwin fan, but they had faith in him to definitely hold down that starting tight end spot this upcoming season. That will no longer be the case. And they're going to have to find answers because they've had problems with their backup tight ends, especially outside of Blake Jarwin. Blake Jarwin hasn't been an impressive backup tight end. So I'm not sure they're going to go to there. And having a good safety blanket for Dak Prescott or the tight end position is a very important thing. I mean, remember when the difference having Jason Witten there for him last season? Yes, even though Jason Witten was doing absolutely nothing than running 10 yards, slowly turning around, catching the ball and going down. Okay, that's literally all he did. 10-yard curl, 10-yard curl, 10-yard curl. That was it. Okay, that old man, Jason Witten. But, you know, still, it was nice for him to have that. It was nice for him to hit Jason Witten, hit Jason Witten, hit Jason Witten. So they need to find a capable backup tight end. I'm not sure who their backup tight end is right now. In fact, let me look up the Cowboys depth chart right now. But, you know, that's something that they should absolutely look at. And the late Van Esch, I mean, this is a guy that, man, now you're starting to have injury concerns, serious injury concerns about Leighton Van Der Esch. You know, such a promising linebacker, but injuries, man, really starting to affect him. And, by the way, the backup tight end for the Cowboys is Blake Bell, and behind him is Dalton Schultz. Okay, Blake Bell, I know. I remember he went to Oklahoma. Dalton Schultz, I don't know. And I'm not a Blake Bell fan. So they need to find an answer at tight end. Maybe go call your boy Jason Witten again. Okay, I'm, that guy, he's a horrible commentator, so he might show up for you. Okay, so there you go. So that does it for injuries. Let's move on to next week. So next week, there are five matchups that I think we need to look out for. Number one. We have the Minnesota Vikings at the Indianapolis Colts. This matchup, to you, may not be that interesting, but to me it is because the two 0-1 teams going at it, going one-on-one -on -one here. Either one goes 0-2. I think the season is about finished in terms of the playoffs. 
Most likely. Now, we do have seven playoff spots. So, yes. Okay, maybe it's the, the rules are slightly different now. But I just, see, like, I just feel like these are two teams that, you know, they're middling right now. They definitely struggled week one. They're definitely teetering. This is a critical matchup for both of these, you know, playoff aspiring teams to avoid going 0-2. I'll have my eyes on it. And it should be a fun matchup because we have two quarterbacks that love to turn the ball over in Kirk Cousins and Phillip Rivers. Number four. And I can't believe I'm saying this. Now this team's so fascinating. The Washington football team at the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, the football team is fun to watch. Man, that defense was flying around, making plays, and now they take on the Arizona Cardinals. Are the Cardinals legit? Is Kyler Murray legit? We need to see it. We need to find this out. One of these two teams is going to be 2-0, positioning themselves well for a wild card run. And right now with the NFC East, okay, and I, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but with the NFC East, if the football team wins, they could be yeah, leading the NFC East. They're probably going to be leading it after tonight because I have the, the Steelers beating the New York Giants. They will be 2-0 in the NFC East. And with this NFC East, man, and I know it's early, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but with this NFC East, man, we've seen years where the former Redskins, now football team, just come up and they win for some reason, and then they you know go away for the next decade. Okay? Like, that's what we've seen. Is this one of those years? I don't know, man. If you watched that Ron Rivera defense yesterday, you're starting to have those gears turning. But I do need to see more from Dwayne Haskins. So it would be nice to see the Dwayne Haskins versus Kyler Murray, by the way, that matchup of sophomore quarterbacks. Number three, the New York – oh, sorry. Number three, the New Orleans Saints at the Las Vegas Raiders. Are the Raiders ready to ascend? Are they ready to be a true playoff contender? And the Saints, do they lose these type of matchups all the time on the road, Monday Night Football? I expect the Saints to win right now, but if the Raiders can ascend and win this matchup, all of a sudden you're going to raise your eyebrow at the Raiders and say, okay, maybe they are going to be a serious playoff team. For the Saints, if they lose, it would be a big deal to me. But I do want to, again, I'm looking at Drew Brees, man, because, man, I just saw a lot of checkdowns, and he's still having a great command of the game. So don't get me wrong on that. He's still having a great command of the game, you know, facilitating the offense well. But Jameis Winston has way more talent right now. And I'm not saying they need to go down that road. I'm just saying it's very interesting because I was not impressed with Drew Brees against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr, I'm very impressed right now after the week one matchup, dominating the Panthers offensively the way they did. What would they do on Monday Night Football against a true Super Bowl contender in the New Orleans Saints? Number two, how about the New England Patriots at the Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl rematch on Sunday Night Football? Now, this is a way different Team. Actually, both teams are way different at this point, except for, you know, really, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. I think everyone else is gone, okay? Damn near everyone else is gone from that Super Bowl matchup, but it's still a Super Bowl rematch that you love to see. It's Cam Newton versus Russell Wilson, a matchup that has granted us great battles in the past when he played, when Cam Newton played for the Carolina Panthers. So that's interesting in and of itself. Can the Patriots go on the road, go 2-0, beat the Seahawks? If they do on Sunday Night Football, we're saying, oh, great. The Patriots are still a playoff team. They're not going anywhere, and that would be concerning for me because I hate the New England Patriots. Specifically, I hate Bill Belichick, and I want to see him fail. 
And it's conflicting because I do like Cam Newton and I want to see him succeed. And they're going to run him to the ground and they probably will succeed, so I have mixed feelings about that. And then number one, of course, the Baltimore Ravens at the Houston Texans. And boy, will I be sitting back and rooting for the Baltimore Ravens to make the Houston Texans 0-2. And hopefully the Colts lose against the Vikings 0-2. And the Tennessee Titans are hopefully being 2-0 at this point. But Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson. Okay, this is now a premier AFC matchup, right? We already know. And we already did Patrick Mahomes versus Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson lost that battle last week. Now, we get to see Lamar Jackson against the Houston Texans. And I think in this game, the Texans will put up a better fight than they did against the Chiefs. But the Ravens will run through them because, boy, did you see that Texans run defense last week? Did you see that Texans run defense against Clyde Edwards Belair? Oh, from Belair. I mean, it was bad. So I can't wait to see what Lamar does. I can't wait to see what J.K. Dobbins does. I can't wait to see what Mark Ingram does. They're going to run all over those Houston Texans. But at least we still have a premier quarterback matchup. And I think Deshaun Watson will make a lot of plays to put up points. And it will be a fun game to watch in the end. With that said, we're only going to talk about one more thing today. We're going to get out of here. And that is my current outlook on the NBA. Because some people do like to know my thoughts on what's going on in the NBA in the bubble. The Lakers got this, y'all. And I am a Laker fan, by the way. A lot of people don't know that. But I am a Los Angeles Laker fan. And at this point, with the Clippers now, and I think they will defeat the Denver Nuggets, with the Clippers now playing in a Game 7 Tuesday, and the Western Conference Finals not beginning until Friday, the Lakers having all that time off, having all of this momentum, finally now Anthony Davis and LeBron James are understanding that we're going to have to carry this team each and every night, bring it each and every night. They're doing so. They won four straight against the Houston Rockets. They won four straight against the Portland Trail Blazers. Yes, game one, I probably expect them to lose against the Clippers because they'll be a little rusty. But, man, they're just finding their rhythm. They're finding their flow, whereas the Clippers just so inconsistent. And I don't think it's an effort thing. I think it's more so Lou Williams. I've not been impressed with Lou Williams in these playoffs. Paul George was horrible early in the playoffs. He's been better lately. But then the surrounding players, they just kind of disappeared. Landry Shamet has not making a great impact. Evita Zubac has been pretty trash lately. Marcus Morris had a horrible game in Game 6 against the Denver Nuggets. The surrounding players for the Clippers, and a lot of these guys, they haven't been in this moment. Lou Williams hasn't been in this moment. You know, in terms of a conference final, NBA final, playoff moment, Landry Shamet has not been in that moment. Yvito Zubac has not been in that moment. That's why they're slipping up, uh, potentially blowing a 3-1 lead against the Denver Nuggets because those guys are inconsistent. Those guys are not ready for this moment, whereas the Lakers role players, in a Dwight Howard has been to the NBA Finals. In a JaVale McGee has been to the Finals, has won it. Danny Green, been to the Finals, won it last year. Okay, they have a J.R. Smith who won't play, but they have a J.R. Smith. Their surrounding talent, Rajon Rondo, Ooh, also an NBA champion. You're starting to see the championship pedigree of the Los Angeles Lakers right now showing up and being the most consistent team in the bubble when the playoffs began. They have the playoff mentality now. And I'm telling you, the Lakers at this point, I think they're still going to have some struggles with the Clippers. I expect at least a six or seven game series, probably six at this point, though. I think they have it all the way. And then when it comes to the East, 
I'm very intrigued when it comes to this Miami Heat Boston Celtics matchup because the Miami Heat people keep sleeping on them but boy to defeat the Bucks the way they did incredibly impressive Jimmy Butler man he's being a great leading man for the Heat but they have a great surrounding team around him I'm going with the Celtics but it's going to be a seven game series to me people it's going to be a very interesting series to me and I'm tired of slipping on the Heat because I slept on them. I had the Bucks beating the Heat, and then the Heat beat them in five. I mean, I can't keep making this mistake when it comes to the Miami Heat right now. But, man, Jason Tatum, this guy has ascended to such an incredible talent, level of talent in this league right now. They still have Kemba Walker there. Gordon Hayward is coming back. And Brad Stevens is at the helm as the head coach. And, oh, by the way, I mean, I'm happy seeing Eric Spolster back in the conference finals because he's deserved to be, in what a, to be there and what a job he's doing in Miami. Absolutely incredible. So I'm very intrigued. I think it's going to be really fun at both sides, Eastern and Western Conference. But I'll tell you this right now. I don't care if it's the Heat or the Celtics that come out. They're losing to the Lakers or Clippers in at least – it's going to be five or six. I'll tell you that right now. It's not going to be seven. It will not be seven. Because although those two teams are impressive, they're too young. They're too young, too inexperienced. If you go to the NBA Finals against Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, and all you got is Jimmy Butler and a bunch of guys, really good guys, but a bunch of guys, or all you have is Jason Tatum, little Jason Tatum, uh, Kemba Walker, who's a veteran in this league at this point, yes, Jalen Brown, and you ain't got no center to defend Anthony Davis, you in trouble. Okay, those young players will choke in the NBA Finals against the LA Lakers or the LA Clippers. They just will. It's just what happens in this league. Welcome to the NBA. Veterans win in the NBA. That's what this league is. And the Lakers and Clippers are going to serve them up so easily. I'm telling you, five or six. And I will probably, if it's the Heat, actually both. I'll say six. It'll probably be six. And I, I'm even stretching to say that. I'm leaning more five than seven, though when it comes to the Lakers or Clippers against either one of those teams. And that's nothing against those teams. It's just what happens in this league when you have young teams go to the big moment, they choke, they fall, they falter, they're not ready. It's going to take a loss or two before they're ready. It's just what happens in this league. Welcome to the NBA. That's the way it works. So I love the bubble right now. We're getting such great matchups. We're getting such great moments. Oh, the Celtics and Raptors series. OG and Anobi, that shot, that was fantastic. I mean, we're getting some great play. It's unfortunate ratings are down because I think in large part due to the whole, you know, uh, you know, political nature of the NBA right now, right or wrong, right or wrong. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I think, you know, that's really turning a lot of people off when they're not watching right now. And it's also just weird having basketball on in September, but I've been enjoying these contests. I've been enjoying these matchups and I'm going to continue to enjoy it as a Laker fan because I think we're going all the way. So with that said, that's going to do it for the MJ, uh, MJ Take podcast today. One thing I do want to say, so I will do a Q&A at the end of these podcasts every week. In order to have your question or comment read, go to or email uh, at the mjtakepodcast at gmail.com. Okay, and you can ask me questions about anything, actually. It's going to be like a rapid-fire Q&A. It could be about my life. If you need you know, advice about your life, you could, you could send in like funny stories about your life and ask me, like, oh, MJ, what would you do in this situation? We'll even like have it be non-sports related. So it's going to be fun. Again, send your questions, comments, whatever, to the MJ Take Podcast 
at gmail.com. I'll be back next week, most likely on Monday, if not definitely on Tuesday, but we definitely had a good time today. Until next time, this has been MJ of Sports Fan Entertainment. I'm out. See you all later.